Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic. Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore. This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. My co-host, Daniel Dadashi, is here, and we have our guest, Pastor Mike Anderson from Holy Spirit Lutheran Church. Today, we're taking on the topic of heaven and hell. It's the big one. (laughs) So the question of what is heaven? What is hell? Where did these ideas come from out of the Bible, which Pastor Mike can really help Mm -hmm. us out with? Where did my ideas come from? You know, the cartoon, cartoons really, this character of the long white beard, the man in the sky with the clouds. The pop culture associations of heaven and hell, the movies and TV shows. Oh, devil. I mean, you know, being a devil for Halloween, you know, being devilish, the whole thing. And, um, you know, you were saying earlier that you don't hear church people necessarily in your church. That's you don't true. hear people talking about yeah. this. So, so much. I, I grew up in the Lutheran church. I, I work in a Lutheran church now. And for me, the time I hear about hell the most often is in pop culture, in movies, mm-hmm. and when spiritual non religious friends ask me if mm-hmm. gay people are going to hell, if oh. murders are going to hell. Right. Kind of Bad like, people. Hitler. Exactly. Isn't Hitler in hell? Yes. How can you believe that or not? Those um, are the most hell-related conversations I have, no pun intended, Um, (laughs) because in church, I don't really hear about hell on on Sunday mornings. It doesn't doesn't come up. Yeah, it did for me. I grew up in a different church religion, and I think it does for other people Mm -hmm. who grow up in other church religions where it can be a little more fire and brimstone, and there is this sense of you know, you if you don't do this, then you go to the bad place mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I think there's a huge range of experience out there for people with this, this idea. But what I'd like to ask Pastor Mike first is where did where do these ideas maybe theologically where do they come where do they come out of? Can you start with that? I certainly can, and I want to thank you for inviting me back again to the podcast. Um, on a very important subject, uh, one that I've wrestled with since I was in junior high, because I asked those questions in junior high. Mm-hmm. You know, is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Who goes? Who doesn't go? How does that all work? So in my education, I've learned the history of how this has evolved, how our understanding of God and the devil has evolved. And what I was fascinated to learn is uh, when I was studying the Old Testament in graduate school, um, we went to the Genesis story, and the serpent, of course, is in the story. Right. And the teacher said, well, you know, the serpent doesn't represent Satan. The what? Old Testament people did what? not have a concept <laughs> of Satan. And he said, you're not going to hear about Satan through almost the entire Old Testament. And I thought, what? what? Like yeah. you say, I was like, this is really a surprise to me. Totally. And he but went on to explain. Why was that a surprise to you? Well, I'd grown up like you. You know, <laughs> yeah. you just describe your, the airwaves are filled with, you know, uh, yeah, evil yeah. here, mm-hmm. good here, heaven, hell, um, Satan, God. I mean, we just absorb that from our society. Mm-hmm. And to hear this from this graduate school uh, professor was a surprise to me. And so that intrigued me. And I listened carefully to what he had to say. And he described how the Hebrew people of all the people in the Middle East told stories about God where God was good, God was one, Mm -hmm. God was pure, pure kindness and goodness. And it was very refreshing creation story, understanding of God in the Middle East. And 
I think for me it's one reason that I completely believe that God has inspired those Hebrew people to come up with that idea. Mm -hmm. But that left them with a huge problem yeah. because mm -hmm. if God is pure good and creates the world good, then, well, why are there bad things that happen? Yeah. So the Hebrew yeah. people wrestled with that for centuries. Yeah. How do we understand a good God and bad things in the world? Yeah, and we so, do, just to interject, we have a podcast either already out or coming <laughs> about suffering. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to go mm -hmm. deep into suffering, but this yeah. definitely touches on that. Heaven yeah. and hell. So mm -hmm. as time went on, they understood God to be you know, pure good and that... Um, God maybe use bad things to discipline people or to whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Well, um, by the time of Jesus and 100 years or so before Jesus, um, that whole theological endeavor was not acceptable to a lot of people. They couldn't reconcile a good God and bad things happening, a good God taking bad things and bringing some goodness out of it. People say, no, I'm not going to be accepting a God who would allow a child to die right. in order mm -hmm. for something good to come out of it. Yes. So the Hebrew people at that time were kind of controlled by an, an empire called Persia. And the Persians had uh, a religion called, and this is going to be a long word, but just hang in there with me, called Zoroastrianism. Mm -hmm. um, Thus sprach Zarathustra. Maybe there's a book about that. And it was a religion that had two gods. One was the god of goodness. One was the god of evil. And the Hebrew people saw that and they go, you know, yeah, maybe there is an evil power out here. And they started thinking about there's an evil presence in this world that is opposed to the good presence in this world. The evil presence became the devil or Satan. And the good presence, of course, became God. And so Christians inherited that sort of theology, this what they call dialectic theology, you know, um, two parts to God. There's two gods out there, and there's, they're in competition, and they compete, and they um, battle with each other. So when Jesus came, Christians said, you know, we overcome evil and good by kindness and self-sacrifice. That's how evil is overcome, and that's what the cross is all about. Mm. And as you believe in that, as you trust in that, then the people who, um, who accept that idea of, of goodness and God go to heaven, and the people who don't go down to the evil place. The mm -hmm. bad place, flames. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And mm. even in the Bible, there's um, references to that kind of dichotomy between heaven and hell. But also, especially in the book of John, there are references that challenge that idea of heaven versus hell mm. as you know, after we die. In the book of John, if you read John very carefully, he often uses the present tense to talk about eternal life. Hmm. He will talk about eternal life not only in the future, but there's a sense of eternal life now. That was another fascinating thing when the professors started teaching yeah, me now that. Yeah, getting into you it. Know, yeah. John 3, 16, you know, John 3, 16, when you see at the football games with the sign yeah. up, uh, reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was in the present tense. It's not life after you die. It's, it's in the present tense. tense. So my professor was teaching us, you know, the word for eternal life in the biblical word of Greek means to live whole, healthy, complete in goodness, compassion, and kindness. And so as you follow and trust the way of Jesus Christ, you begin living in a sense of eternal life. 
There's a, a song that I think captures a little bit of this. Heaven is a place on earth. I don't know if you ever heard of mm -hmm. it, but it's a it's oh, an older song. Sure, yeah. Heaven, Heaven is a place. Is yeah, okay. Yeah, that's it. And I, <laughs> that's the one. That's my awesome singing voice. And it actually reflects a little bit of what um, the gospel writer John is talking about. You get a sense that wholeness and goodness and God's presence, you get a taste of that now and in the, in the future is brought into its fullness. Right. That's how I like to lead this congregation. Instead of trying to focus on heaven and hell and who gets in and who doesn't get in, instead of that being the big question, mm -hmm. the big question is, how can I lean into that wholeness and goodness and get a little experience of eternal life now that's mm. brought to its fullness in the future? Um, so I don't have to com you know, compare people to people who's lost, who's saved. It's not really about that anymore for us. We don't have to say, well, you're lost, you're saved. We don't have to divide people from each other. You're we, going to the red hot place and you're going yeah, to Yeah, and that's the very foundation you know, for Christianity. Place. Kind of that's mm -hmm. the deal, you know. If you if you believe in the doctrines of the church, then you get to go to heaven after you die. Right. Pretty good. The deal. doctrines of our church. Usually it's whatever particular yeah. church it is. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't believe these doctrines, you go down. And, <laughs> and it's always down. Like, it's, that's down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember like, being, learning about the earth and the mantle and the core and everything, and you're like, wait a minute. What's down? Where's, where's down? <laughs> yeah. What's like, down? Where's down? Yeah. What are we talking about here? Where, where's... Yeah. Well, it, it seems to me that the concept of heaven and hell are really... Uh, it, it can be a real great marketing technique for a church. I mean... If we're not saying, if we don't have that to sure. hold over someone's head, oh, if you totally. don't come, you go to hell. If oh. you come, you go to heaven. It sounds very controlling. It, very, very it controlling. It does. It sounds right? like you've got a captive audience. Well, is that I mean, why we hear so much about it? Or is there something psychologically The best way soothing? to hold a community of people together is to have something outside the community that they fear or loathe. Isn't that part of that M. Night Shyamalan, what's his name? M. M. Night Shyamalan? M. Night Shyamalan. That's the whole, that's his stick with his movies, right? Like he's got this village of people mm -hmm. and there's a monster and you can't go into the woods. You know, yeah. it's always like well, the if, woods are the bad place and you have scary. to stay. You I, have to stay in our village. I think of it as, as kind of the key to politics. What, how, do you, mm. how do you win elections? Yeah. Tell people what they Fearful. should be afraid of mm -hmm. and who's to blame for it. Mm -hmm. I remember giving a sermon once where I walked down into the congregation and I described this dichotomy between lost and saved, in and out, um, us versus them. And I described how Christianity has traditionally drawn a line in the sand. And the very foundation of what we are about is to determine who's on which side of the line. And I said, we need to erase that line in the sand and because it's not really what Jesus was doing. Instead, Jesus is drawing a big circle and just including lots of people. The whole goal of Christianity is to include people, not exclude people. Um, we're trying to challenge that whole concept of lost versus saved here at Holy Spirit Lutheran Church. And I think it's very, very biblical. If you read the Bible carefully, Jesus is always reaching out to those people who have been left out on the other side of the line um, in his own society. So we should be doing the same thing today. And that's why this congregation has uh, welcome gay and lesbian people who have been ostracized by many other folks. We welcome people who are questioning the whole 
idea of God. Mm -hmm. Come in, let's talk, let's share our own experiences of the holy, of the divine. Because I personally believe that you don't have to be in the church to experience the holy, to experience the divine. Um, God's out there already ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And so we in the church need to understand that, that it's not like we have something, you don't, you know, we're going to keep it, you got to come be like us if you want it. No, we learn from people who are experiencing the holy, the quote, eternal life, the wholeness of life mm -hmm. out there, what God intends. So we need to be respectful of all traditions that are about goodness and compassion and kindness and mm -hmm. justice. Well, but that begs the question, does that circle include people who don't have, believe in goodness and compassion? Who <laughs> and, haven't you know, accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? Or, or who, I just, who are part or of different religions different, or no religion? Yeah, or I, I, I think this gets to a tough theological question that if you, if you have a circle of people and you say, well, we accept everybody, but what if those people uh, are espousing ideas that are unacceptable? That is so tough question. <laughs> um, how do we understand um, people or situations who lean against goodness and compassion, justice and peace? Um, and typically the, what we do is we think of the worst examples. Right. Mm -hmm. And Easiest. those kinds. And we have to say, well, we're not going to accept them because they act like this. But then I, the same thing I would say about drawing the line. Where do you draw the line between people? Mm -hmm. And the same thing, where do you draw the circle? I don't know, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, because I know within me there are some times when I'm, I can be hateful and jealous and mm -hmm. insecure. Um, I don't know where that line is. Why spend all my time focusing on where that line is? where I can work more at trying to bring people into kindness and compassion, including myself, mm -hmm. that I don't think the very core of our faith should be trying to determine who's on which side of the line, whether the line is a straight line or a circle. Let's not, let's not worry about that anymore. Let's try to just love people and live in the goodness that God has given us. And never should we say that, well, we're, we've got it and they don't. Because if you look into your soul, if I look into my soul, I realize there there is a dark side there, and mm -hmm. and I am not willing to um, try to figure out where the line is. Mm -hmm. So, how do you interpret or preach on passages uh, where they talk about wheat and chaff, sheep and goats, mm -hmm. um, some people in, some people out? Do you avoid preaching on that? Or what, how, how does that work mm -hmm. for well, it fits, you? Well, it fits with what I just said, that when I read the passage about um, wheat and chaff, um, where the chaff is, is burned with unquenchable fire and right. the, the good wheat is taken home. For those of you who don't know, that is exactly what is said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, so Jesus is talking about you know, the wheat symbolically being people and the chaff is burned away and the good wheat is taken into the granary or is made safe. And the way I interpret that personally, and this is just me, um, but it resonates with lots of people, is that I know that within me, Mike Anderson, there is both wheat and chaff. And so that whole story becomes a blessing to me that the chaff in Mike Anderson gets burned away, leaving me to be the person that, you know I really want to be and that I often am not. 
and by the power of the divine and the holy coming in my belief through Jesus that that can be burned away. And mm -hmm. to be honest with you, it's not just through punishment that that can happen. Mm -hmm. Right. You can be burned by love. Oh, way worse. You know, when I read stories about mm -hmm. people like, you know, maybe oh, Mahatma Gandhi or Mother Teresa or you name mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. great saint, and I kind of go, whoa, that's not me. But there is a sense that it also inspires and burns part of me away and lets me be good wheat. So that's how mm -hmm. I interpret that passage. Mm -hmm. And um, that's how I go with this whole concept of lost, saved, in and out, us, them, heaven, hell. Why do we focus so much on that? Mm -hmm. We're just trying to well, compare like ourselves said, to each it's other. It's like what you hear in the airwaves. In airwaves. Well, wherever. I think the airwaves, it sells to people because we're all tempted to be in that kind of frame mind of, well, yeah, those Christians, you know, they are just really exclusive. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be exclusive too. I'm not going to associate with them. Or vice versa, the Christians, we've got it all together. So those secular people, and it's like, you know, we all do that to each other. Let's change our framework to think more openly about one another rather than seeking to figure out where the dividing lines are. I had one more question. We're, we're uh, we always mean to keep these to 15 minutes, but it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the get thee behind thee, Satan. So it, I don't know the quote, but exactly. So can you tell me what the quote is that I'm trying to get sure. out here and then tell me what the me your theological meaning behind that is? That happens in the Gospel of Mark, mm -hmm. and it's about halfway through the Gospel. And for the first half of the Gospel, Jesus has been... Um, pretty dramatically showing that he's God's presence in the world. In chapter 8, the very middle of Mark, he asks his disciples, Who do you say that I am? Hmm. And Peter says, Oh, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. You're the king. You're the power broker now. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be your cabinet. We're going to be your generals in your new salvation army. Mm -hmm. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, No, that's not the way it's going to be. To be the Messiah means you give yourself away in love and service and maybe suffering to the world around you. Peter says, oh, no, no, no that's I not right. I don't want that. That's not what I signed up no, for. No, right? he didn't say that. He said, no, Jesus, you're wrong. Uh -huh. He contradicts Jesus. Hmm. And that's when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Because there is a bit of that satanic selfishness coming through Peter towards Jesus. I see. So mm -hmm. that it's not like the pitchfork is there. Yeah, it's right, right, like right. the selfishness and the greed and the desire for power and control is coming through Peter. Mm. And so when Jesus references, get behind me, Satan, he is saying, put that away, Peter. Mm. Follow this path of kindness and compassion and let your ego and your desire for power or privilege or prestige go. Give yourself away to others. So that's what he tries to teach his disciples, the rest of the Gospel of Mark. And they all get it wrong. Time and time again, they're <laughs> like, we are, you know, we get it wrong. So where do we find our happiness? Well, we find our happiness in power or, or money or looks or bigger house or a fast, faster car. And it never works. Uh -oh. It never works. We're thinking of remodeling. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but when you remodel, you'll have many guests over. Yeah, yeah. And you'll we'll have, have wonderful, lots celebrations, of wonderful celebrations. And, and that's compassion. where you find your life. That's where you find your life. <laughs> oh, well, this is great. Obviously, a really um, interesting topic. So much more to say. Tell us what you think. Challenging Christianity podcast at gmail.com. Give us your questions on what you experience, what growing up with heaven and hell, those ideas, and what you thought of what we said.
Uh, so we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Thanks. much. Bye.